welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Jen Duffy is in fact the manager of Roots and Shoots Canada. Now that's a program for youth sponsored by or under the mandate of the Jane Goodall Institute. I see my art as uh, the art of inspiration. My goal is to inspire people to love the earth, to live with the earth, not just upon it. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? So if their passion is art, we've had some wonderful mosaics done in schools um, that honor the four directions, for example. We've had people write songs. We have had beautiful art installations made out of recycled bottles, for example, another way to create an installation out of it and raise awareness. We want them to use their creativity and get awareness out in any way that they can. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Fred Keating. We are back in Edmonton, Canada today. We like Edmonton because Edmonton is an arts hub of Western Canada. In some ways, it's actually a hub of the world, and we're going to get into that in our interview here in just a moment. We're outdoors in a lovely park, and uh, you're probably going to hear some birds chirping, a little bit of wind in the background. It's just a lovely place to do an interview. Fred, tell us who we have. Well, we have those birds. You've already introduced them, which is uh, which is part of the charm of this particular part of the country. But we also have a special guest, Jen Duffy. Now, Jen Duffy is, in fact, the manager of Roots and Shoots Canada. Now, that's a program for youth sponsored by or under the mandate of the Jane Goodall Institute. The Jane Goodall Institute is a global concern, but in many countries, Canada among them, uh, they have their own separate uh, JGI chapters, if you will. And Jen Duffy, I have to read you right from this biography because uh, I couldn't believe it when I first read it. Jen's passion in life is to inspire and empower people to celebrate the wonderful diversity of the world around them. Well, of course. But it says here, prior to joining the JGI team, Jen walked lions in Zimbabwe. i got to ask her about that. That's pretty amazing. Managed three schools in South Korea, taught biology and community health in uh, Canada, and uh, most recently created the Tales from the Science Buffalo. That's an educational outreach program uh, with the University of Alberta engaging Aboriginal students and training teachers through Indigenous ways of knowing. So, Jen Duffy, thanks very much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Given the resume I just read, you you, you should be somewhere in your mid-70s. But uh... <laughs> I look a lot younger than I am, but I'm not in my mid-70s. Okay, no, I can tell that. But uh, tell us a little, walking with the lions, what was, what was that all about? There's, there's a long story there, but the, the short part of it is I went to Zimbabwe to volunteer. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of people do this, a lot of people do sort of volunteerism. Um, and it can have its good sides, it can have its bad sides. I was going there to work with lion cubs. Uh, and there's a, there's a program in Zimbabwe. I was in Victoria Falls, Zimbabwe. Basically, people can come there and walk with lions. They pay big money to just be able to walk with lions for an hour. But I volunteered, so I got I got the back end, um, and I got to go and, and actually hang out with the lions. I was there for a month, basically lived on the camp, 
we would feed the lions, we'd take them for walks so that they would be they wouldn't attack the people who came to pay the money to to walk with them. When you take them for walks, I mean, are they on a leash? No, are you no. on a do you ride on their backs? No, you uh, you walk beside them. You make sure you don't um, ever take your eyes off them because they're they like to play. They like to sort of play attack you. So you're always vigilant. You make sure that you you keep your eyes on them. You make sure you sort of tell them to stand down if if they're gonna um, if they're gonna attack. I used to tell the people I was walking with that they had a man on. Uh, if the if the lion was looking like it was stalking them, um, so basically we just go out into the savanna and uh, we walk. There are some sort of trails there, but it is totally free. It's not fenced. And the lions, in fact, lead you walk where they exactly, go. Exactly, exactly. The lions walked us. Is really what happened. That is one part-time job. I'm glad I never had. But uh, congratulations and thank you on behalf of lions everywhere. Yeah. Well, in order to do it, we had to establish dominance over the alpha male in the in the pride. How do you do that? Um, and this is a question I like to lead with when I when I do any sort of motivational speaking. Um, I, t- I ask students how they would establish dominance over a lion, um, and I get great answers. Um, but uh, and there's no wrong answer because I don't expect anybody to to know, right? But uh, really, I had to kneel down behind Penduka was the name of the lion cub. He was about a year and a half, had a bit of a mane coming in, already had its killing teeth, so was a, a full-on lion that could do some damage. I knelt behind him and I had to give him a little pet. And I was cool with that, and I, uh, you know, I was thinking I'm good with cats. I got this, um, but then Penduka started wagging his tail, and because I know cats, I know that that's not good, right? Cats don't enjoy that. Uh, it means that they're indifferent or maybe a little bit upset with me. So he started to wag his tail. My heart started to race. I was thinking, what am I doing here? I, what am I doing here in Zimbabwe? Um, but I, uh, I, I persisted, and I, I, I patted him a little bit more, and my trainer told me I had to hit him. So I gave him a little whack across the face, and I was like, just, you know, just kidding. Yeah, it was kind of like, I don't mean this, sorry, Venduka. Um, but he, he started to growl at me because I didn't, I didn't mean it, I think. Um, so Ian, my trainer, told me to hit him again, so I wa- wound up, whacked him. Now, Jen, you mentioned that you are a motivational speaker, and in fact, that's why we asked you to join us on the show, is because so many of our listeners are interested in motivating and inspiring people in their own ways, and some of them do it through music, and some of them do it through writing. In your case, you do it through the work that you do, and the educating, and the the speaking that you do. Can you tell us about this? Certainly. So, I mean, I see that I see my art as uh, the art of inspiration. And as as Fred said in the beginning, there, my my goal is to inspire people to love the earth, to to live with the earth, not just upon it. Um, so when I'm when I'm speaking to any audience, it could be corporate leaders, it could be teachers, it could be students. Um, it is a it is about sharing part of myself, start sharing part of my journey. So they can trust the journey that I'm I'm taking them on, um, but it's it's more just about showing them the wonder and showing them the showing them wonder that they see and maybe don't don't appreciate and realize that they see. So you're a performer of sorts, but it's it's really nonfiction performing. Absolutely, it's it's nonfiction. I need to show them the truth. You don't hit them in the face to establish dominance. I don't, I don't establish dominance. You know, I, I offer that as an option if they like. Bad bad public speaking <laughs> technique. Yeah, don't recommend that. Yeah. Only works with lions. Jen, February 19th, 2016, was the 25th anniversary of the Roots and Shoots program uh, founded by Dr. Jane Goodall. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the mandate of, of uh, Roots and Shoots and, and how, in fact, you found your way of uh, integrating your skills and your experience and your background 
with the uh, Jane Goodall Institute? Jane Goodall started Roots and Shoots in 1991 in Tanzania with 12 youth who came to her with issues they had identified in their community and were asking her for help. And Jane basically turned it around and said, you, you can solve these problems. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you in any way I can. But Jane believes that youth will make the difference and, and will create change in, in the earth, um, you know, to try to find the people who haven't sort of given up on the earth yet. The premise is that every individual matters. Every individual has a role to play. Uh, so the work that we do with, with young people, Roots and Shoots is now in 139 countries around the world. Um, it reaches 200,000 students, 200,000 youth a year. Um, and these are youth that we are we're calling the next generation of Janes. And, you know, you could imagine a world that was run by Jane Goodall. It would be quite a lovely place. Uh, so the, the goal there is we're, we are inspiring these young people to see their, the world and their place in the world differently, um, to look at the world as a system, um, to look at the world as something that, that they're, they're a part of that system and humanity is sort of... Important. Yeah, humanity is definitely important, but not, <laughs> not the only thing on the system. Yeah. What's your role in all of this? So I manage Roots and Shoots Canada. So basically I developed the program for Canada. We, we have, because we're a global community, we do have similarities between all the programs that are run in the country, in the countries across the world. But in Canada, we have specific nuances that we, that we change for Roots and Shoots. Specifically, we work with Indigenous youth um, and we ensure that we honor Indigenous ways of knowing and what we're doing here. Um, so I manage the development of the program here. I manage training of the educators here in Canada. We have 400 Roots and Shoots groups in Canada um, from coast to coast to coast. So is there an educator associated with each of those 400 groups? There'd be an educator or a responsible adult, um, uh, you know, a program facilitator. But mainly we, we work with educators, with teachers and with whole schools. So this is a new approach. We have five whole schools in Canada where I've gone and trained the whole faculty of a school and it creates this, this community, this movement. What have you learned about inspiring people? If they're not willing to come on the journey, it's, it's very difficult to get them to. Um, so there's a lot of persuasion sometimes required. Um, there are a lot of people who are just on board and, and are easy to inspire. But in terms of inspiring those who don't get climate change, for example, or don't think it's a, it's a problem, um, it is about finding the relevance for them in, in that issue and then helping them to see that they can make a difference. Uh, apathy is this, this great evil um, that you know we see so many problems in the world but it's that it is easy for us to give up um, so it's it's to, f to give people hope it's to help them find their path in in providing hope for others and again you do that through the public speaking that you do with uh, with youth and others many of our listeners do that Fred with with music and short story writing and the movies that they make well, this is, this is something I wanted to ask Jen about. To what extent, perhaps, some of the youth groups use their own creative arts skills in order to uh, invigorate or sustain or nurture the, the programs that they come up with. Uh, given the, the youth's familiarity with the digital world, for example, uh, can you give us any examples of, of uh, youth that are exercising this creative bent in order to get the message out? 
Absolutely. Um, and I mean, this is something we, we encourage. We encourage them to, their goal is to create something based on their own passions. So if their passion is art, we've had some wonderful mosaics done in schools um, that honor the four directions, for example. Um, we've had a, we have a beautiful PSA that's on our, on our website on janegoodall.ca. It's called Stuck Inside, and it's um, a young Indigenous youth view on what tomorrow looks like and currently it doesn't look too good to him and he so he wrote a rap and created a PSA about it and it's about people working together doesn't matter what color we are we all need to work together and for those of our listeners who don't know PSA means a public service announcement usually television sometimes radio yeah and YouTube I mean it's it's everywhere now PSAs can be everywhere um, we've had people write songs we have had beautiful art installations made out of recycled bottles for example another way to you know, you, you have all these these water bottles that people use, and now if you create an installation out of it and raise awareness, we want them to use their creativity and get the get awareness out in any way that they can. I should probably mention a good friend of uh, Dr. Jane's is, of course, eco artist warrior uh, Robert Bateman, whose whose appreciation and love of the outdoors and wilderness and wild things has inspired a very active role for him in in the movement, if you will. Absolutely, and we did, we had a great program we partnered with the Bateman Foundation on um, called Launch and Link, which is part of our Roots and Shoots program. We brought 30 high school students together. Robert Bateman was there. Dr. Goodall was there. Uh, we had a beautiful, inspiring night where they both spoke to them. But it was, it was really about them passing on the torch and saying, it's your turn and it's time for you to uh, stand up and have your voice be heard because the, the future needs you. You've, you've touched on so many different topics here and I really want to get into the nuts and bolts of, of the roots and shoots of what options are available to teachers as well as uh, to the youth themselves to perhaps help motivate teachers and uh, classmates to get involved. Would you mind terribly if, if, uh, if we visited with you uh, at another time in the, in the near future to get a bit more detail on how how more young people could get involved in some aspect of this work? I would love it. You are welcome anytime. You have no choice. There's actually, we have to wrap. There's a lion coming up the path. That's okay. I can take him. Smack him. Yeah, I got it, this guys. I got this. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.